Oh, that was beautiful. Um, hello, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, my name is James. Introduce yourself. Well done, Chad. Thank you, bro. And um, I'm married to Genevieve over here. <laughs> Second thing you have to do. Um, and I wanted to just say, Quibus, welcome, man. It's so good to see you from Asia. Is this your son? Sebastian, I'm James. Nice to meet you. How's it going? Um, and then Cassian and Mareka are also here. These two, so these two are very special to us, I must say. So Cassian was basically my first home group leader ever. Yo, in Wellington when I went to TMT. So he was the guy that had to deal with my stuff. But luckily, we were good friends. And we hit it off because we both were from KZN. So we just talked about like KZN and fun things we did there and fishing and all sorts. So we connected well. And how's this? He is the reason why I know Jenna. And you guys actually as well. How wild is that? I just realized that now. So the only reason why as well is because he had Instagram and Jenna was on his Instagram. They were friends. So I was like, you know, he's like, I could send them a message or we can go surfing or something because I just wanted to go surfing. I didn't have wetsuits or surfboards or anything. Um, and then Mareka, who's Kassian's wife, her parents and her were one of the first families that, that really like reached out to me well. Like when I think about the people that loved me well in that church was mostly her parents. And then I met Mareka later on. She was studying in, in Seapoint, eh? And, and just when I think of Johan and Rihanna, I think of the, the, the people that, that I love so much. Because they were, remember I've told you guys before about the body has many parts, one body hurts, and I realized that, that that's kind of what got me saved, was that the people loved me so much I couldn't leave them. Remember I've told you guys that that was her parents, and, and obviously a few of the other guys in the church as well. So it's just cool to have you guys, man. And they're, they're busy staying with us. They were out for a wedding. Um, awesome. So on, on that note, even, um, I just remembered now when Nathan was doing a, a finance teaching, we had a, a meeting uh, a in a conference room, our one of our first venues actually as a KCC church, this is the church in Richards Bay, and um, I was still very rough around the edges, okay, so as you guys know, many of you know my story, um, I used to even just walk our church, walk around the corner and light up a big joint and go for a walk kind of thing, so I was rough, okay, um, I was a lovely dude, but I was, I was rough outside of church. And, um, so I don't walk a lot. Sure. Sure, stand still. And it was fun. And the one day, um, Gerrit and Sherry, who lead the church, they obviously wanted to use me in some way. They, you know, like, they want to get me involved with stuff. So they're thinking, like, hey, well, you can't preach because the dude's not saved. Um, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. But may, actually, he can send the tithe boxes around, the, the offering basket. Then it was a little basket because the church was very small. And, um, I went around, and this day, the church was packed. We actually had to use a different room in the hotel because it was packed. And the offering basket was full of cash. And I was like, jeepers, we're like, church makes cash, you know? And I was, I was so uneducated with church. I was actually wearing a wife beater that day, funny enough. You know, like, anyways. And, um... I didn't, the, no, Gerrit and Sherry and them were busy leading the service, so now I take all this cash and I stand at the back and everyone's facing forward, and I don't know what to do with it, like what do you do with the money? You know, there weren't like lock boxes when it was a fresh church, and so I looked at the table and the tablecloth went down to the floor, I just quickly went and put it underneath the table there, you know, so the tablecloth covered it so you couldn't see it, and um, I think it was like two or three days later, Sherry was like, hey James, do you know where the offering went? Was there even an offering? And I clicked. I was at home. I was like, oh, all that money, and it's God's money, is at the hotel. 
and I drove to the hotel. You couldn't get up to those rooms, so I snuck through, got into the elevator, went up. Do you know how horrified you guys look? <laughs> and I went and I ran to that room, checked, opened that cloth, and there all the cash was chilling there. And, and then I messaged Sherry. It's like, don't worry, I've got it all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so um, I, I hope I've come a long way since then, eh? I really hope so. It's, it's mostly yeah, to a lot of you guys. Thank you so much. I needed so much help there. Sure. So I'm, I'm a little bit, feel like I'm dehydrated, so I must drink a lot of water. Um, okay, so straight into the word that God has put on my heart. Um, so we, we've had a, as a church, as a family, we've had God speak to us very strongly about a lot of things, and it's beautiful. Um, the way that God as a father is speaking to us as his family, as his children, and he's leading us. And um, I've got a word, um, I've actually got a title for this preach. I always forget to put titles on there, but God gave me this title before he even gave me anything to say, I think like a month ago, and it's called, How Do We Keep the Fire Burning? So it sounds pretty dramatic, and um, it's quite a cool, I think it's quite cool. You know, how do we keep the fire burning? There's a few guys that have done preachers on keep the fire burning, and it's pretty wild and out there, so I hope I can live up to those. Um, But I think we should just go straight into it. So we'll start with some scripture. Can we please go to Leviticus 6 verse 12? So this is the heart. I'm going to start with the actual heart. This is like the meat of of everything, okay? The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. I'm just going to stop there quickly. Guys, the fire must be kept burning. It must never, ever go out. And yes, I'm speaking about the fire that God has put in our hearts. First of all, before we move any way forward... We are called to burn bright for Jesus. Who, who agrees with that? Like, we are called to burn. Like, Corbus, you are called to burn for Jesus, bro. Nathan, guys, everyone, Johan, you guys are all called to burn for Jesus. And you are called to never let it go out. Okay, and so hopefully this morning, I have a little bit of my personal journey. There's a few things I can share with you guys just on how we can keep the fire burning. Because, to be honest, it is quite difficult, okay, uh, sometimes. So, I'm going to carry on there. It says there, Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept... Yo, guys. Okay, you went away. The fire must be kept... On the altar continuously. Consistently. Continuously. Always. It must not go out. And so this is speaking about um, the temple... And this is way back. This is like before um, a lot of things happened. But this is way, way back when there was just a temple and a priest. Now, this priest could meet with God, what was it, like once a year. God would come and the presence was there and he would make sure the fire's burning, put the wood on it and take all the fat. Must have smelled lacquer, all the lamb chops and stuff. But the priest goes to the temple every morning and he adds firewood and he arranges the burnt offering. So the first thing here is consistency. The priest, every morning, guys, every morning, it's like, that's like never, he never took a break, hey, am I, am I right? So the priest, every single morning, without fail, was consistently there to put fire, uh, put fire on the wood, to put wood on the fire, okay, and then to arrange the burnt offerings. So many of us may just think like, yo, guys, this is way, way long ago. It's not really applicable to us. Well, let me show you what the New Testament says. So if we can go to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are the temple 
and that God's Spirit lives in you. So hang on a second. We just read about the temple way back then, and now God is saying, we are the temple. Okay, so this is still alive now. This temple thing is still there, okay? Then if we go to 1 Peter 2 verse 5, it says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what do we see again in the New Testament, for us, which is for us, and we see in the Old Testament, is that we are priests. We are called to be a part of a priesthood. And that we still do spiritual sacrifices. There's another scripture that says we are living sacrifices, so don't worry about sacrificing your lamb chops. Uh, we still do that, but just on bras on Saturdays. Okay, so what I'm, what I'm trying to explain here, guys, is, is that we need to, as priests of the temple, we need to continuously, every morning, we actually need to add, add wood to the fire that God has started. You guys catch what I'm trying to say here? That this is not just for the Old Testament, just for the temple and all their, you know, like things that they were doing. In fact, this is for us because God says we are the temple of God and that we are now the priesthood of believers. And that means how do we keep the fire burning? Every single morning without failure, we add wood to the fire. And I know a lot of times, you know, people have have balanced that and said, don't worry, like, you don't have to get up every single morning. You, you know, you're not going to become unsaved if you don't get up every morning religiously to do it. But guys, there's something very valuable in spending time with God that He gives us wood to add to the fire. So if you feel like your fire is going out, just check how are your priestly duties with your, with your temple. Are you guys adding wood? Because God is the faithful giver of the wood. And every morning He's got so much available for us. And it's not like wet wood that, you know, you get from Sassel or something. It's like, it's like lacquer... Roy Kranz, very braai, or like blue gum or something, you know, something like that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Carlitz. <laughs> okay, so keep the fire burning, guys, every morning, or even if it's the evenings, you know, we don't have to keep it to mornings, but every day spend time with God. We want to look at somebody that was incredibly on fire for Jesus, and his name is Paul, and we're going to go to Acts 14 verse 19. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. So is that how you say it? Iconium or Sonium. Oh, we need to work on our pronunciations. <laughs> they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. So like the day before this, these people were actually trying to worship Paul and Barnabas. And here they are stoning the guy. But guess what happens after this? After the disciples had, had gathered around him, he got up and went back to the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. How, how on fire for Jesus do you have to be that you get stoned to death, that the very people thinking that, 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 that were stoning you think you're dead? Like, okay, let's stop stoning him now. He's dead. And then they drag him all the way outside to like a, a terrible place. And then his disciples obviously run to his aid because, I mean, if I saw Chart stoned on the side there, I would also want to go and help him. <laughs> Poor dude, you know. And I hope we would help him. And, and then they go find out, they, they pray for him, I think. Hey? And, and he's, it's almost like he's raised from the dead, we don't know. Or he was half dead and he's, he's like, he's, no, he's, he's just there. And then he goes back to the city to preach the gospel again. And then after that, he doesn't go to hospital the next day or some clinic or, or tani with the plasters. He goes to Derby. He carries on with his mission. 
So he did not allow the fire that God has put in his heart to go out at all, not even in circumstances like that. And think about us. We don't get stoned. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hope not, guys. The last time I got stoned was, was way back. Don't worry. It's been a long time. In fact, it was the 21st of, Feb- of January 2018. I can remember it. Okay, so we don't, we don't get uh, physically hurtly stoned anymore. But at the same time, why does it feel like it's so hard to keep the fire burning? It's like we've got, actually got other challenges these days. We've got things demanding for our attention the whole time. We've got um, cell phones that are instantaneously online and all these things, you know. And, and so we've got to fight for, for the fire to keep burning because there's something that is always trying to steal your wood, and always trying to, like, trying to make your fire go cold. All right. Um, if we go to Acts 14.22, um, remember when Mike DeFay was with us, he spoke about Barnabas, the son of encouragement. And this is straight after now. This is literally a few verses after Paul was stoned and kind of raised from the dead and preaching the gospel. Then Barnabas goes on and he says, uh, strengthening, strengthening the disciples and en- encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And remember Mike said, of all the things he could have encouraged that church in, he encouraged them to remain faithful. Of everything he could have said. He could have said, like, give all your money to the poor, give, like, go pray for the dead, go, whatever, all these insanely cool things of God he could have told them to do. But he just told them, remain true to the faith. In other words, keep the fire burning. Keep that little, if it's little, be faithful to make it more. But keep that fire burning, guys. God is able to do it. He's got the blitz. He's got the matches. He's got, got everything you need for a fire. Okay. And so we just, just see a good example of um, people in the New Testament that were on fire for Jesus. And no matter what their circumstances looked like, they worshiped God and they stayed close to him. So I'm, not, I'm not a new guy. I'm, I'm still analog. I like, like pen and paper. So please excuse if it goes everywhere. Um, just want to give you another example of somebody that was burning for Jesus or burning for God in those times, same person, um, is Exodus 34 verse 29. Did I give you that one? Sorry, bro. That's my fault. Um, so I can paraphrase it a little bit. While, while you, uh, Exodus 34 verse 29. So um, Moses goes up the mountain and he goes to go pray and meet with God. And what does he look like when he comes back? Do you guys know? Moses, when? Says? Oh yeah, it says there, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. How cool is that? That his face was shining bright when he was done with God. Some of you guys, I must say, some of you guys really do shine brightly for Jesus. And do you guys feel that, like, when you, when you hang out with certain people, you just feel like you, you are shining again, that they're like green people, they make you feel amazing. And that's like what Jesus, what, what Moses uh, felt when he met with God, as he came back from the mountain and he was literally shining in his face. You may, I wonder what he looked like, was it green or was it blue or like red or, we can try it at um, Kuberg. We'll see. <laughs> Come here one morning, green. Awesome. So I'm, I'm actually going through, through this quite fast. I don't want to preach for too long. So um, I, hope this, I hope this goes well. So moving on now, um, 
This was just a, a picture that God gave me for us as a church to stay close to God first and foremost, that He's the, the provider of our wood, of our blitz, of our matches, of everything that we need to, to you know, get our fire going within us. And I don't know if you guys have felt it before when you're having quiet time in the Word and you actually feel God speak to you, just how much different your day is, or how different home group is or church is. And there's a sense of, of us coming to church on a Sunday having added wood throughout the week, just like our priestly, our, we are priests of, of the temple, we're supposed to do. We're supposed to spend time with God. And on a Sunday, when you've got each and every person shining brightly with a fire, how much bigger is the fire? Have you guys ever like taken a little, a little um, piece of paper with fire and it's got some like petrol on it and you throw it into the fire and it just goes, Woof. that's like the picture of the church. We like big fires with, with petrol and stuff like that, you know? I was, yeah, have you guys watched um, Thor, Ragnarok, where Hulk and Thor are sitting next to each other, and then Hulk's like, yeah, I'm like, wait, no, no, Thor's like, no, Hulk says, <laughs> Hulk, sorry, <laughs> you guys get it, eh? <laughs> so, Hulk says, Thor, uh, uh, no. <laughs> give me a second. Okay, have you guys seen Thor? So... Hulk says, Hulk like raging fire. Thor like smoldering little fire. And they're like, you know, they're just like comparing manly. Like they're like, I'm the strongest Avenger. But he's like, Hulk like raging fire. We, we like Hulk, so we like raging fire. We're not smoldering fires in this church. If you feel like you've got a smoldering fire, we've got plenty of raging fires that will just set you ablaze. Okay. And now on another point, we first of all stay close to God. And then the second most important commandment is to love each other. And I think this is where, where most of the message uh, that God wants to speak to us about is. Um, and it's about staying close to each other. So I've got this picture of, I love making fires. And Jen often laughs at me because we've got a little fireplace in our, play, in, our, in our house. And I love making fires and I sit there and I love like, moving the wood around to the most efficient way it makes a fire. Because you know sometimes it's just not lacquer. It's just like you've got five blocks of very perfect Roycons dry wood, but it just doesn't go. And then I love arranging it, and suddenly the thing is just like bursting with flames. And there's a picture of, um, I don't know who these people were, but, but people like in the bush. And, and it's, it's something that we can even do today. If you are in the bush and you want to keep a fire going for a very long time, what you do is you take two big logs, and you put the logs as close as possible together, and the, there's a little fire in between them. And so the idea is that the, the logs have to be perfectly close together so that there's enough, uh, that there's not too much distance for the heat to bounce between them. So the closer the logs, the more the heat bounces between them, and the more the fire keeps going. So if you guys make a fire, like let's say without blitz, and you just light a little twig, and you have all your logs too far spread around, the fire just doesn't seem to take. Hey, maybe one log burns, like just like with us, one person burns, or you know, with Jesus, and then one another log burns, and then the thing dies out. But if you have your logs close enough together, there's enough. Um, there's not too much space for the heat to to escape, and it actually captures between all the logs. And it's like a picture for us. If we want to keep the fire burning for a long time, we all if we all pieces of wood, we got to stick close together. Remember that preach from 412? It says, better together. <laughs> We've got to stay close together. And so if you're out camping and you, 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 you don't want to use all your wood, you just take a few of those coals and you put them between two big logs 
and that heat stays between those two big logs. If the logs are too far apart, then you're going to lose your fire. And it's, very, it's just the same as us, guys. We need to make sure that we have lots of wood from God to add to the fire. But then for each other, the only way we keep burning, actually, according to the Word, the only way we keep burning is with each other. Is with each other. I cannot see the fullness of Jesus without people in this room, ever. Because that's what Jesus intended for us. All right. If we go to um, Zechariah 13, verse 9. Zechariah, sorry. This third I will bring into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. I just want to stay on that. Why does God want us to stay close together and burning brightly for Jesus? Why? Because God also uses us, as we have noticed, as you know, every Christian knows, God uses us to refine each other. And the closer we are and the higher the heat is, the, the more impurities, can I say, are going to come out in relationships. Have you guys experienced that? I've experienced that many times. And the closer we are, <laughs> the easier it is for the impurities to come out and then to be burnt up and gone. And then we are left with a purer silver, a purer fire. And um, I actually had this saying. I think I came up with it. I don't know. But I heard um, Jonathan Stanfield say something, and I kind of made an equivalent of it. So he, so I'll, I'll just say mine. So I, I feel like Christians are like wood, like in the bush. You only know what's going to come crawling out of them once you put them on the fire. That's good, eh? Uh, I'm going to coin that one. Thank you. When we used to go on uh, hunting trips when I was young and like in the bush and stuff, the rule was if there's a big fire, big bonfire, and you want to move the wood around, don't ever grab it at the ends because there's always a scorpion chilling there or a spider because the heat draws them out and they go sit on the coldest part of the log. And so it's the same with us. When the heat's turned up, all the scorpions come out. But what happens is that we're close enough, there's enough heat between each other, and the fire keeps burning, and all the scorpions get burnt and get sent out. So the closer we are together, guys, the less snakes and scorpions and spiders. I hate spiders. Spiders is my fear. I hate spiders. The less of those things we're going to have in the church, in between us, in our relationships, the closer we're burning together. You guys get it? Awesome. So... How long have I been going for? Like 10 minutes? 20, really? 20? Okay, I'll, I'll be quick. So, I just want to share a quick story of where um, I have drawn near to somebody and the heat of that guy has helped shape me into the person I am today. And I can say it was probably the first time somebody... or, or So, I was shaped by Richards Bay, where I grew up. And like Mareko even know, like the... the, the bars and the, bar, the party places around there are very aggressive. And so you have got to be someone, and you've got to, like, do you know who I am kind of guy? You know, you have to, like, I'll knock you out type of dude. You've got to have this, this picture about you. It's very aggressive. I mean, every night there, we, there were guys, that, there's guys that get killed, the guys get thrown over, my friend got thrown over balconies. And so I was shaped by this image where um, I wasn't aggressive. I was very aggressive if I had to be. Um, so I was involved in a lot of fights, but I was luckily never an aggressive person. But I was shaped by that to become a person that was like, who are you to tell me who, what to do? Who are you to tell me who I am or what I'm called to? Like, do you know that I, I can drop you where you stand right now kind of thing? Very arrogant. And um, so I met a man that helped me with that arrogance very well. 
and his name is Gerrit Lutz, who leads Riches Bay. And I can so clearly remember the time um, I was a part of the church. I was freshly out of TMT, actually. And this was 2019. I went back to Richards Bay. And now I knew everything. And, like, I'm like the man now. I, knew, I had so much knowledge from TMT. I was like, uh, I'm going to show these guys, like, what I know. And every leaders meeting I was invited to, uh, to learn, I had something really good to say. And there came a time where I just couldn't spend time with God. Um, every leaders meeting, I felt really uncomfortable and everything just felt like it was going pear-shaped, but not like normal life pear-shaped. Like it just, I just felt terrible the whole time. And we even went on a, a leaders meeting to Mozambique and it was all the leaders. So now this is a time of surfing, having fun together. This is my vibe. Like this is like, that's my favorite place. And I get there and it was like, the only joy I found was in the waves because I was getting some barrels. But then on the land with the team, I felt like I was so not a part of them. I felt like I was so distant from everyone. And, and I was starting to figure out, like, I really don't like this thing. I really don't like church. Why does it make me feel so bad? It was so lacking in the beginning, but now what's happening? And um, I, I feel like my fire started to grow cold. But you know why it was going cold? It was because of the pride I had in my character and who I was. And so I was going through this thing where I was just being opposed like day after day, leaders meeting after leaders meeting, and I just did not like the people I was with. I didn't like what Gerrit was saying. I didn't enjoy anything. And um, we met at a Virgin Active Gym uh, by the Kauai there in Riches Bay, and we sat there by the table, and I just explained everything. I was honest with them. I was fully honest with them. And I just said... Um, this is the thing, I feel this, I feel this, I feel this, you guys feel like you're attacking me, I don't, you know, and all these things. And there was a moment where, I'll never forget this feeling, where something was different that I've never experienced before. And my posture changed in a moment. And, I, and I, it wasn't me, it was the Lord showing me a posture. And, and he showed, I don't know, it is, I can't explain it fully. You know, sometimes the things of God you can't fully explain, but something clicked in my heart and I just stopped, and I looked at Gerrit, and I said, Brew, I don't know what to do. Just tell me what to do. And up until that moment, he never told me what to do, because he didn't have a path to my heart. He knew it. He could see it. He could see that God was opposing the proud. The word says God opposes the proud, those who do not open their hearts to each other. And in that moment, somehow God helped me by his grace and his mercy to open my heart to him. And he just said straight to me, Brew, you are so full of pride. And then all of a sudden, I was like, you're stuck it, Brew, no ways, man. It's like, and I still remember thinking, those Kauai tables were small. Like, he's a, he's a big, strong guy, but I'll, I'll take you, Brew. Like, I know God's on your side, but I'll, I, will, I will drop you kind of thing. But then there was, the, this, there was that natural 20... 22 or 23 years of being shaped like that, that thing was just waging war. And then there was this new thing of a posture that was like willing to listen. And I almost started crying, but I, I, was, I was boy enough, like man enough not to cry in front of this guy. And I didn't cry and I, <laughs> I listened to him. And I said, so then what do I do with that? How do it? And he said, leaders meetings, you're there to learn. And he graciously showed me the ways to learn and the ways of humility. And I hope this helps some of you guys. Like sometimes if you feel like meetings are just 
difficult or people are difficult or um, leaders especially are, are just, they're just not on your wavelength, you know, that maybe sometimes God just wants to, by his mercy and grace, shape us and, and help us to open our lives and help us with our posture because there's so much more freedom in that posture than 23 years of being shaped as an arrogant dude, if you hear what I'm saying. I'm not calling anyone else arrogant, if you hear what I'm saying. Um, so we're going like 25 minutes now, hey? Okay, thank you. I'm just trying, I've got so many more things to speak about. I'm just trying to pick the right one. Um, so I think, okay, I, I just, who was um, at the combined home groups last week, thir- well, two weeks ago Thursday, was it? Was it last week Thursday? Two weeks ago. And it just felt like God was really shaping us as a family. And it was actually a beautiful time. And it was heavy, but actually those times are beautiful. Because it reminds me of back then when I was shaped by God and shaped by people. And I feel like God is really shifting our foundation as a church. And it's beautiful because that means that he wants to build us in a pure way. Uh, excuse me. Out of pure sil- silver, out of good wood. And um, remember Hannah said sometimes the fire of God. Remember talking about keeping the fire going, keeping burning. Sometimes the fire of God is not warm and comfy and lacquer. Sometimes it is quite heavy, but it's there to burn up the impurities in the silver. And what happens when you melt silver is all the impurities come to the top and you can actually just take it away. And uh, I feel like that's what God is actually doing in us as a church. He's definitely doing that. Um, like the church I see now compared to a year ago when we joined or a year and a half ago is way purer. God is burning us. He's hurting us. He's doing things in us. He's shifting us as a church. And he's actually bringing the impurities up, which we all think, oh my word, this is the worst time ever. And he's actually just helping us, taking all the impurities away in our relationships with the leadership, how we posture ourselves to the apostolic, to Hannes. And do you guys agree with me? It's quite a, actually a beautiful thing that God wants to work with us on. Um, so I've got a, another story. I've met with Gerrit and Jared again. Hannes and Mike Oxley and all the guys were in Richards Bay visiting us. And I had another really, really, really gnarly meeting with them. And this one, I ended up weeping in front of them, actually. Um, like, I was literally crying. And it was again... I'm not sorted once and for all. Again, God had to use them to shape me, to show my posture towards them. And they also obviously had a few things that they wanted to say sorry about, the good leaders, but at the same time, there was that posture thing again. So don't think once you're over it, God is still going to be busy with you. Every single day, He's going to be busy with you. So what do we do to get through those? If if we know God's going to be busy with us, we add wood to the fire. We keep the fire burning so much that even when we get stoned, like Paul, we stand up and we go preach the gospel. We stand up and we go, even if we get hurt by one another, our fire's burning so brightly that that's not the main thing. The main thing is Jesus, and then we keep moving forward. Um, I just had a scripture for us as a church. It is, um, I'm going to skip a whole bunch of stuff. It is Psalm 133, and this is just, this is very beautiful. And I, and I felt this for us as a church. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. There's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down from, oh, sorry, down upon the collar of the, his robes, and then this part as well. It is as if the dew of Her, Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. And for us as a church, 
when you keep the fire burning, guys, when you stay close to each other, and then what, why do we do all this? It's because with His unity, God bestows His blessing. And with His unity with us, His presence is here. His blessing is here. And um, yeah, I want to encourage us to stay close together. Are we doing dinners together? Even, even like Chart was saying, it's actually a big thing that Chart was saying. Are we having dinners together? Are we keeping the fire going between each other? Married couples, are you guys staying close enough that your fire is burning for Jesus? Are we building this church on fun and following God and playing games together and having dinners and going to lunch and going to Simple Brew? That's what this church is built on. It's, it's built on the fun and the joy of following Jesus and the joy of working things out together but also allowing God to take us forward. Um, so can we just pray quickly? Oh Lord, uh, I want to thank you, God, for the way you shape us. Lord, you say in your word that you discipline those you love. And that means that we are loved by you, God, because you work on us and you shape us. And God, my prayer for this church is that we would be burning, a burning fire for you, Lord Jesus. That Malkworth's Josh Jen would be burning bright, so bright, Lord, that we set the others in this town ablaze, Lord God, for your kingdom. And so we pray for that right now, God, that you would set us ablaze, that would bring us closer together, that you would help us to add more wood to the fire of the temple, God, that we keep that burning continuously. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I was just thinking now, why, I just had a thought, why do you think God wants us to be close together and burning brightly? Is it so that we can be warm and cozy in Malpois during winter, or so we can be happy at home with our coffees and teas? No, it's so that we can reach these people that live here that do not know Jesus. There are so many people that are cold and separated from the church, and we need to be burning brightly, and we need to bring them in. So that, I think, is God's heart for us. That's why He's going to shift our foundation. That's why He's going to work in us, bring us closer, so that we can reach the lost. Um, so I hope you guys are ready. Are you guys ready? Awesome. Yes, please. Just want to strengthen. That was excellent, James. Um, I love it. Uh, I, I do feel that it's just a, a word in season for us, actually, even in light of last week. And um, I want to encourage us. Um, I did the thing that I should stop doing that when I, when I speak. Sorry. I heard it very loud just now. <laughs> But I um, just want to encourage us. There was something that James, a verse that he wrote about when Moses came down. It says that his face was shining because he was talking to God. And, um, and, and I, I think something, even in what he's saying now, is that, that for, for us to keep the fire burning with God and with one another, it's quite, um, I, I do feel like we could hear it. It's like, oh, that's great. And we, we can go home and we, we can't adjust. And, uh, and we, we could get hurt in a season where God is adjusting us, actually. If we aren't um, connecting with God, I, I just feel it's a real crucial word for us. I want to strengthen that in us, you know. Um, I mean, I, we saw impurities coming out of us this week. I was laughing now. Le- Shema, wife, and Lisa's not here this morning. We probably had about three hours of sleep average this night with a baby with ear infection. And then it's like it's quite interesting what comes out of me and my wife at two in the morning when... When that house is small and you can't hide and there's a lot of noise and crying and who's helping who and like puking all over everything is like a lot of impurity surfing, surfacing, you know. And, um, and, and, and I was like, even then this morning, I was like, I don't even know where my Bible is. Like, and it's like, when last have I seen my Bible? Alright? I was I don't know, I was scary. I was like, okay, no, it was Friday evening. I didn't have it. Okay, I was like, where's my Bible? And, uh, 
It's like, it's like man, yesterday I, I ran through the day without speaking to God. And uh, this morning, you try and lead worship, and now I'm off the back of a horrible night. And you try and come here, it's like, this morning I'm trying to get the fire going. And uh, it's like, man, it's just, it's just something I can just do like this in the moment and get it going. It's like, they say, they say it can't go out. Because the, the enemy wants to come in, like, and, the, and sometimes we're under pressure. I don't know if you felt like, if, especially if you're in leadership, sometimes now you need to lead this thing. And you need to be able to give something to eat. And you're like, there's just nothing that I have that I have to try and get out. And, uh, and sometimes it shows. But even for you, if you aren't leading, you know, it's like, what is in us that we, that we, can, that we can give the world to, to show them this is, this is Jesus, you know, that there's a fire in us that we can pass along. And uh, if, if it burns out, it's not just, I don't know if you try to make a fire with, with previously burnt wood. It's not easy. You need fresher sticks to get in there, and then sometimes you can put those things on to just be part of the coals, but you can't make a fire with just all burnt logs. And, um, and so I just want to strengthen this in us, you know, even during the holiday. I was hoping this week, you know, I'm going to take things a bit more chilled, uh, have time, have brain space, and it just was the opposite, you know. There's even in that, there's an urgency in us, to, like, make time for the Lord, make time for one another, and to burn bright. Because what God wants to do in us, like, if we, if we do it without connection with God, it'll kill us. It'll kill us. It'll be too much. Um, we need Him. All right. So can I land it there for us? Is that good? Was it pause back to you? you wanna? All right. I'm going to pray for you guys. I'm going to be away next week. I'm in Montague, and then Oatsorn, and then J-Bay. <laughs> so I'm gonna, we're going to have some time away but we'll see you guys when we're back and um, keep, keep that fire burning alright Holy Spirit just want to pray bless this church God I, I do pray this word that James shared this morning oh God I pray may it take root in our hearts and um, I do pray even for something of a of a literal experience like Moses had that he was shining because he met with God and, um, and I pray for a church that will be shining because we met with God. And uh, Lord, we're, this, we're, we're all purifying us. And it's a terrible feeling often, Lord. But if we, if we don't see you, God, it will kill us. And I, I do want to pray for each one. If there's someone here that feels disconnected from the body or disconnected from you, I just pray today. Today, if we hear the voice of the Lord, that will not harden our hearts, that will turn back to you and respond to what you're asking us to do. I pray even for some year, God, as we go home. Where's your Bible? Find the thing and spend time with God. Connect with Him today. And that He'll ignite the fire in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.